Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you as ever to break down all the action in the British Basketball League. Quite a lot to get through. Let's go all the way back to uh, Tuesday, first of all, where the Plymouth City Patriots beat the Cheshire Phoenix 96 points to 80. Obviously, Cheshire uh, no longer have Ben Mockford's services uh, to call upon. Um, I watched this game back uh, this morning. There, there wasn't really... There wasn't really much in it in, in the early stages. It was it was not until early in the second quarter that Simmons and Doucher and Graham Bell hit threes and and Plymouth got the first real lead of the game at thirty to twenty three. Yes, yeah, it was kind of a con- contextual game because you have some games which are scheduled losses, which you really think, my God, we're going to do well to win that game. Yeah, Plymouth went off a game at Newcastle where they won, you know, and they were full of you know bounce in relation to that win, which you know they they, they stole one in Newcastle. Um, and Cheshire were coming off an unbelievable, you know, pinnacle of the season, 40-point Sunday yeah. night win, Delsmere yeah. Port. And, you know, there's a bit of a lot of adrenaline runs through you after you know, that 40-point win. Yeah. And that adrenaline isn't helped by, you know, you're not going to practice, you're not going to practice on Monday and then you're going to be on a bus down to Plymouth first thing on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, or Tuesday lunchtime. But then on top of that, you add in the fact that you're missing a guy. Um, who's given you really excellent, you know, depth throughout the year, started most of the year. Um, then I just did, I did get, I did have the impression before the game that I thought that bubble might just kind of pop a little bit in this game. Yeah. Um, and it did. Um, they, they gave it a good shot. It also, I think the fact they played each other a few times now, the, the animosity seems to have died out. It waned a little bit. Yeah, that was the, that was yeah. the bit I was looking forward to watching this game to, and it, I didn't really see the sort of need. No, I think, you know, previously. Cheshire were happy. Cheshire, well, it's different when you have two happy teams. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. so Cheshire in the trophy final, Plymouth have won five or six in a row, you know, everyone's yeah. feeling good about themselves, so no one's yeah. looking over their shoulder thinking the coach going to blame me. Is it going to go? You know, everybody's feeling like, yeah. yeah, go on, we get our shots off. Um, so you know, both teams have kind of caught most got that respect, yeah, and um, you know, so so it happened, and yeah, the game it was kind of as that Plymouth had a bit more depth, Plymouth um, shot the ball well, and Plymouth have the ability to attack the rim remorselessly, and they, yeah. they continue to do so in that game, I thought, yeah. They got to 11 just before halftime, and the Knicks had an 11-0 run in the third quarter to cut it to a, a two-point game, but uh, Patriots immediately came back. Uh, 14 of the next 17 points finished by that that Adekunle play at the start of the fourth quarter where he got a four-point play because he got fouled on a two-pointer and missed it and then mm-hmm. got the ball back mm-hmm. and scored scored again, and, and that was pretty much – took him out to 11, and that was that – was, pretty much the game. It was almost like if you can have a dagger shot nine minutes and 40 seconds from the end, that was it. I thought they were like gas a little bit. I thought Teddy was really good in this game. You know, you know, even even though, you know, it was a game, you know, they could have not thrown the towel in, but, you know, if they lose that game by 20, then ultimately, you know, everyone's still remembering that they win on Sunday by yeah, 40, yeah. you know. And um, I thought he really kept them in. He really kind of drove them forward in the game. And, you know, if Okrafor's playing well and and obviously Austin is always going to be a live wire, um, then they don't really need that much more. But if one of them is is off or in foul trouble, then then the loss of Mockford begins to hurt them a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that there may be a, a big game team as opposed to a kind of a consistent... Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Um, well, they're one big game away team. from a very successful season, aren't they? Well, um, absolutely. And that's, that's isn't it? good for them. 
Yeah. Uh, Williams was eight of nine shooting for 19 points and 15 assists. Graham Bell with 19. Simmons with 18. 54 points off the bench. The stat that really caught my eye was the plus minuses. I don't know if you noticed it. Out of Conley no. plus 22. Simons plus 22. Dusha plus 23. Graham Bell plus 18. There was only one starter in positive numbers for, Ply uh, for Plymouth, and that was Williams, who was plus 10. And obviously they won by 16. So it was a, really a, a bench game for... Yeah, well, uh, Simons made some shots at the end, yeah. if I remember right. He's going yeah. back a while now. But Simons, you know, he, he's clearly a, a very solid stance. So shoot down, obviously he played with Williams at college. Yeah. So they know each other. And I think Williams is a... You know, if Williams has 19 and 15, they're going to struggle to lose. Yeah, yeah. Um, if Williams has you know twenty five on seventeen shots and and, and four assists, then, then yeah, I think yeah. you've got a better chance against them. Yeah. But if he becomes a you know distributor and an efficient scorer, they've got enough pieces around him whereby they're a, you know they're a tough team. It's the way they score; they just continue to, to put pressure on the rim throughout the game. Hassan mm. probably spends the most legal time in the key of anybody in the league. Mm. You know, he's he's always around the basket. And he's a great finisher around the basket. And Williams also prefers to score in the, the paint. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, yeah, at the rim. It was impressive. Tadio yeah. Carafo with 22. Austin had 17, 9, and 6. Bradley 17, 7. And um, they had five points off the bench. That was Dickerson. And bearing in mind that Plymouth had 54. Um, quite a difference uh, between the two there. Um, yeah, well, I didn't play Carey much. I did, and Mockford's gone. So, you know, yeah. they've got much else. McCarley yeah. and Graham haven't really played that much. Let's go to Wednesday night trophy semi-final. This is where we learned who Cheshire would play, and it's the London Lions. Well, I actually think we learned a couple of weeks ago, but there you go. Uh, London yeah, Lions, 85. Bristol Flyers, 81. It means the Lions win 166-142 on aggregate. There was no Reese and Ward Hibbert, no Evans for the Flyers, and this was just a massive bag of nothing, this. This was... Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I watched this live because if I'd yeah. wasted time watching this back, I would have been very disappointed. Yeah, myself. yeah the true American nothing burger. I mm. like it. Um, yeah, I think when 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 you turn on and you find out that Evans isn't playing, mm. you know, and Evans is the one guy who can get streaky, you know, who can create his own shot, you know, who if you're not careful, you know, could could kind of come down the court. And I don't know if you remember a game between London and Bristol about five or six years ago where Hamid Ali. I do um, remember it well. TV. I was doing yeah. the commentary. He yes. just went in he the went third quarter. Off. Went ballistic. He just went off. Yeah. And you know, and, and Evans is kind of the one guy on that team who could do that. And in reality, they needed that to, to come close to 20, yeah. Yeah. to come close to 10, probably. And when he wasn't there, um, that kind of immediately kind of doused my spirits. Yeah. And then um and then Bristol, kind of, everybody kind of started off relatively like a days ago. Bristol mm. got up five, but when Bristol, but when you lose your starting point guard, you, your starters might be able to survive, but your bench then struggles because you're going deeper down your bench. And they ended up having to play a, a crazy lineup with notice at the point and basically four forward stroke centres. Mm. Thomas Edwards, Rogers, Del Pesh, and Simmons on court at the same time. And um, their spacing was not optimal. No, and Lions scored 17 points in a row to lead by 12 on the day, and that was uh, that. Uh, some busy. vague, some vague interest at the end, apparently, about who would win, but who cares? It didn't didn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I understood. Yeah, 
I think he has. Uh, he did make a three late on that uh, ensured they went. Wash Brennan Williams hit a couple as well. Uh, Dirk Williams with 22, Will Neighbor 17, Kajini 13. Uh, Jacob, seven of 10 from three point line for 28 points. You'd, you'd like to save that seven of 10 for a game that mattered a bit more, perhaps. Uh, Delpash 18 mm-hmm. and 12, Miller 18, 11, and Seven. So this is the moment that I'm sure all our viewers and listeners have been waiting for. Friday night's action from uh, from the Virtue Motors Arena, where both you and I were in, te- in attendance, and we had our super fan come and ask for a selfie with us, Dave. That was that was Indeed, a bit of yeah. excitement before the game. Uh, we won't tell anybody it was your brother. Um, no. Right, Steele was <laughs> He's back. He's not a fan. <laughs> Steele was back, and there was no Dan Clark. And there weren't too many stops in the first quarter at all. 34-29 after 10 minutes. Not really one for the defensive purist. Yeah. Not really one for the, the defensive-minded. Not really one for the people who acknowledge that there is defense <laughs> in the game. Um, not you know, I mean, I mean, they made both teams made shots, and you know, and and, and and but both teams got where they wanted to go, you know. Um, you know, Darius came, they gave the ball to Darius early, and Darius got going early, which always helps because then that kind of just sucks the defense in, and lets the other guys um work for, from that space. Um, I, I, I was really only watching the one end of the first half, I was watching the um, the kind of the way that Newcastle were defending Manchester because Man- you have to defend Manchester, you know, we've been through it before. Um, and primarily defending Manchester, even though McKnight is back, he's still not in rhythm. Um, defending Manchester means defending Armstrong, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's almost synonymous. And um, I didn't, I was surprised, I didn't think, I didn't know what Newcastle's plan was. I think I know what it was. I think when Fletcher was guarding him, he was basically giving him space. Um, but, you know, which is the way that you do it and you build a wall in the paint and you, and you say to him, go on, you're going to have to dance, dance around a lot, but eventually you're going to have to make some shots and everybody else is going to have to watch you do that. But every single time that Armstrong, but, but every single time that Armstrong even faked to go around the screen, Newcastle just switched. Mm. So he was facing Person, he was facing Johnson. It was almost without any type of, um, any type of, resistance they just switched the screens and the, the guys who weren't his primary defender just got torched um and you know the fact the very first offensive play of the game he um got in the lane got in the paint where you've got to get where you've got to keep him out of you've got to keep him out of the paint and he was he, he penetrated he threw a threw a, 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 a pass out to the corner and artisan knocked it down it was a great pass it was you know but it was a play he could yeah, make yeah 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 you know and um, obviously that gets Artisan going, and now suddenly you've got you've got Armstrong in the pit, and then that was the whole first quarter for me, um, and it kept going in that way, and Newcastle feeling quite good about themselves until about the eight minute mark in the second quarter, and then Fletcher came out for a rest, and Newcastle's offense created, mm. and they didn't have any defense. He's only out for two and a half minutes, but I'm guessing seven o eight o run, um, and. Um, they didn't have a defense to sustain it, to sustain mm. the lead. Yeah. So so there was a 12-3 run around the first break, which made it 40 to 29. And it was 47-36 no. with three three minutes to go to halftime. And then Giants had an 11 2 finish to the um to the first half to make it 
49-47. And it was one of those games where you thought um, a defensive run is going to 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 win this game uh, or a spell of somebody missing missing shots. It's the alternative. Yeah, and just so you say that, let's just think about that for a second. I mean, we'll go ahead to it in a minute, but 36 points with three minutes to go in the second half, yeah? Yeah. That means they had 74 points in the next 23 minutes. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. <laughs> so how did it happen? Why did it happen? Um, the As I say, I wasn't... I don't think Newcastle consistently defended Armstrong. Uh, last time Armstrong played at Newcastle, he had 40. Mm. He went 60. He was 16 of 20. Um, he got to the rim all day. They defended him basically single cut. They didn't help, basically. They, they, they challenged him to beat them, and he beat them. Um, this time, they, they, they threw in a lot more different coverages, but it seemed to me that there was a that there was an, a lack of consistency or a lack of understanding amongst the, the team or, or whether they just weren't doing what they were told. I don't know. There were times in the offence that they would, there were times early in the offence they would run two guys at him and, and he'd make him give the ball up. Um, there were times where they were blitz coverage at the top of the key and they'd basically make him give the ball up two, two on one. But then... What happened was um, David Ulf happened. Yeah. And um, basically, Ulf was awesome in this game. And just to talk about Manchester for a little bit before I get back on Newcastle, um, they play without Dan Clark, yeah? And mm. playing without Dan Clark basically gives them the size of um, Lewis and the shooting, who's basically Dan Clark light. He's, mm. He is Dan Clark. Probably not as good a shooter. But you know he does does what he's meant to do. And then you have something entirely different in Ulf, who is a who is not a shooter, who is going to be rolling every single time. Well, what Manchester did really well in this game was that they um, adjusted their, um, their their schemes. Normally they would pick and pop, so the big guy would pop and they'd get plenty of threes off that, and they'd use that to create space for the for McKnight and for for Whelan and for and for Steele to get to the rim. Um, well, this game, every single time Newcastle were trapping or, or trying to hedge or whatever, the big guy was rolling. And both was 7-7 seven seven in this game. 7-7 yeah. seven seven from a combined distance of 9 feet. Yeah, yeah. And, he was, and that's because he was rolling. Mm. And, and that meant that if that happens, and one of the Newcastle, if they're trapping the ball, there's two on the ball, there's four on three. If, if the fourth guy... Is catching the basketball and, and, and doesn't have to make one more pass, it's a layup every time. Yeah. If he does have to make one more pass, it's an open three-pointer every time. Yeah. Because you're not you don't have the chance to recover in time. And the and the thing and so, about it was they uh, got that, they got both of those things. They got all seven of seven uh with the layups and they got artisan oh, six okay. of seven from three. So they got yeah. it was worst of both worlds. So when so when Eagles blitzed, there was the, the, the backside coverage, they didn't seem to know what was going on. Insofar as rotating out, didn't seem to be any particular urgency to rotate out to the next guy. And they got, um, as I said last a few weeks ago, you know, they got filleted. They got um, basically they got um, marmalized to the point whereby they became dispirited. Mm. Um, but that wasn't actually the whole story. I mean, so Manchester did exactly what they were meant to do. You know, Armstrong shot the ball ten times instead of shooting the ball twenty times. Mm. But instead of him being sixteen of twenty, he was nine of ten. Yeah, and Oak was seven of seven, so that's sixteen yeah. of seventeen on those Art same possessions. Artisan was nine of eleven. Artisan's nine of eleven, seven of seventeen. Whoa, twenty-five of twenty-nine. Those three yeah. guys. Yeah, that's just that's that's incredible. Yeah, for that's six, their for sixty I mean, points, basically. 
And I know you can pick, you always pick the best three guys and say, well, they shot the ball really well, because normally somebody on the team will shoot the ball really well, but, but you, know, you know, 25 or 28, 60 mm. points. Wow. Mm. Anyway, so, so that, and then what you saw was in the, at the beginning, I don't know what happened, what happened at half time, but at the beginning of the second, third quarter, Newcastle came out listless offensively. So mm. that was actually the first domino to fall in relation to the mentality. And um, you see, um, you know, Fletcher throw, throwing the ball, person on the curl, and he's not cutting to where Fletcher thinks he's going to be. In the fast break, person um, is cutting to the basket instead of spotted up on the three-point line, which he's been doing all season. Fletcher throws it to the three-point line, it's over person's head, he throws it out. You know, so that's playing on, that plays on Fletcher's mind. Mm. You've got um, Defoe, who I hope looked clearly frustrated. You know, you got some good up shots on him during timeouts, particularly in the third quarter. You know, for whatever it may have been the defensive schemes or maybe what everybody else was doing, but they just weren't on the same page with each other. And yeah. um, when Gordon comes out the game, he's got a few words for people, and then eventually Fletcher, um, at the end, Fletcher cracks at the end of the third quarter. Um, and he did come, I mean, I, Aunt Rowe was quite pleasant to him and said that he didn't, he wasn't sure there was much contact there. He had his hand on Hudson. Mm. You know, you play physical day, that's good. Try and fight, fight you, you know, lock your team up, get them going, whatever. Um, he had his hand on Hudson, he ran past the ref. Some refs called tees on that, some refs don't. Chris Dodds called the team, must have said something yeah. he didn't like. Yeah. And um, then he's on the bench again, but then he goes on the bench and he goes creator, so he's got to come straight back in again. And then you basically just um, you're watching a team that's cracked. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're cracked. They're they're irrecoverable at that point, and you see yeah. it in the the body language on on the sideline. You've got the quiet ones go quiet. The the um, the less quiet ones get frustrated, and you know, I've talked about cracking all season. You know, it's happened to a few teams, but that was a that was a live example of it. Yeah. and um, to be fair. And Manchester kept did, did exactly what you meant to do, and they, they kept yeah. the, the foot on the throat. You know, like yeah. he, brought, he brought Armstrong back in early in the fourth quarter. He wasn't he wasn't taking a risk on the game at all. Yeah, he had his guys on the court, and um, they, um, they they picked Newcastle apart to the point whereby I was a little bit surprised the stars were kept in the game. To be honest, mm. you know, because you're down twenty, and you know. I think the starters basically said at the end, we don't want to be in this game. And then the, the effort on the last three or four possessions defensively was just a, was abysmal. Yeah. It wasn't there. And, and the crowd, um, the crowd picked up on that because it was one of those things where the last minute and a half or so, there was just this sort of eerie silence sort of thing. And it, yeah, it was, it, was like, it was like they were stunned into like silence almost, yeah, stunned into yeah. this kind of what is going on here. And, you know, the difficulty with having a kind of a crowd where you've won a lot is that, you know, there's a lot of season ticket holders there, probably 500 season ticket holders in that gym. They all know what they're watching. Yeah. Because they've seen it over the past 15 years, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so it, it's probably a slightly more educated basketball audience, probably one of the more educated basketball audiences mm. in the league um, who are also... And I say that because the, the, obviously the crowds at Newcastle are probably better than than, than everywhere, if not ninety percent of the league. And I would have thought they have the best that, average gate the in the in the league. Yeah, average league, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so there's a not kind of a knowledgeable core there, and you know, playing without effort 
is mm. is you know it, it's kind of almost kind of it's almost it's kind of almost good that you know we do get we do get lost in this family sports stuff all the time yeah, everything's yeah. a family sport everybody's got everyone's got to clap their hands and have a great deal of time and, and buy a lot of hot dogs and all that stuff but at the end of the day people are customers and people go to see their team yeah. and they expect their team to try hard yeah and expect their team to, to stay to, to play till the end and um you know sometimes we lose track of the fact that you know it isn't a pantomime this is this is livelihoods yeah, yeah. and this is sport and it's and it's and ultimately just like anybody else and it's a horribly it's a it's a very very tough lifestyle i've talked about it before british basketball because people are on one-year contracts they're mm. competing directly against people who are in their own position um but ultimately you know they're, they're, them's a the brick bats that's what happens yeah, yeah. if we give up they give up 110 points at home, then yeah, yeah. The, the crowd is entitled to turn around and, and there was a smattering of um, booze. Yeah, it wasn't a pantomime, but there were some booze at the end. Yeah, yes, indeed. Uh, right, Gordon yeah. with or 20... Johnson party, wasn't it? Bring your own booze. <laughs> oh. That was Keir Starmer's oh, line. Good in, in was... I can't claim oh, that. that one. No, I missed that. Yeah. Um, so Gordon finished with 23 person, 15 to 5, 14. Fletcher, 10 points and 14 assists. Fletcher was actually minus 12 in 35 minutes. So it shows you what they gave up in the five minutes he wasn't on court. Um, oh, we've talked the numbers, but I'll give them again. Artisan, because they're so impressive. Artisan, 24 points, 9 of 11, 6 of 7 from 3, 8 rebounds as well. Armstrong, 23 points, 9 of 10, shooting 11 assists. All for perfect, 7 of 7 for 14 points, 10 rebounds and six assists. What I just didn't get about it was why from the beginning they weren't just going under doing what everybody else has done in the last three or four weeks against Armstrong and just going yeah. under. I think Fletcher was, but everybody, nobody else seemed to be on that. On to be that fair game. to him, he made a couple today and he, he did make a couple in Oh, that no, he can shoot. Well. There's yeah, no yeah, question yeah, about yeah. it. He can shoot. Yeah. Um, he, he can shoot. But, you know, it's a little bit like Crandall last year. You know, that's yeah, the yeah. one, that's the hill you prefer to die on. Yeah, yeah And until yeah. he proves that he, until he proves he can beat you that way. Yeah. Um, then, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're in a perfect he's, world. He's proven he can beat you at the basket. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Beat yeah, you yeah, your yeah. basket and beat you distributing the ball. Yeah. And well, he's 25 or 30, you know, in the last two games against him. Shooting 80. Yeah. Whatever that is, eighty-four percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's proven he can do that. But of course, he made two threes in this game. But he made them once, as Drew Lasker said in the telly. He made them once. He'd got the confidence seeing the ball go through the hoop. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's it. And um, I, I just didn't. I was disappointed that they didn't have a coherent. They weren't able to. They might have had a coherent strategy, but they weren't able to um, at least, at the very least, replicate what other teams have done. Because if you know, if we'll get to Tariq Armstrong later with the next game, but. Um, you know, I thought Newcastle just basically gave him the run of the building. Mm. Um, and Gino Artisan as well was awesome. And and, and even, even the other guys, Ulf was awesome. Ulf was, yeah. Ulf yeah. was not really, really impressive. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Bristol Flyers 75, Sheffield Sharks 72 in overtime. Now, when I saw the score of this, I was really looking forward to this game. Um, and then I watched it and it felt like it went on for about three hours. Um, it, and it, though it wasn't, a good thing. Uh, Evans was back no, for, um, for 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 uh, Bristol. This was this was tough watch. There was um, not much going in. Lots of misses. Flyers just slowly edging away. Um, I wouldn't. It was a low scoring, but I wouldn't say it was it was defensively because it was it, that it was low scoring in the first half. Well, no, yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the yeah. There's a couple of things. And the first one was you, you, you say that I. 
I got to the middle of, I got to the middle of the fourth quarter and I had a Simpsons flashback um, of one of the, the very best Simpsons episodes where Homer is a mascot at the, the Springfield Isotopes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he, becomes, he becomes dancing Homer. And there's a little vignette in that um, whereby I think it may be the beginning of the episode or the end, possibly the be maybe the beginning, whereby he's sat in the baseball crowd watching the game. And he realizes that just nothing of any interest is going on. And he and, and, and he basically it's and the announcer is like, and now there's a beach ball on the field. Yeah. And now they're now, you know, and now they're, yeah. Oh, and the coach is checking out his pockets and all that. And, and Homer's like, well, well, I didn't think this was so bad. I know why they sell beer here now, that type of thing. <laughs> I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't get into this game. And I was what I was like, you, I was wanting to get into it. And there's a reason I think why the game was scrappy. And that's primarily because Bristol are a big team. Yeah. Um, Sheffield have the ability to play big, um, but that's not their best, um, certainly not their most fluent formation, as it were. And um, Nichols got two fouls in the first quarter and he sat down. And Atiba went at times to kind of the, um, the two big lineup with, like, with um, Tuck and Del Pesh, which hasn't really played much this season, or Tuck and Cook, two of those guys. And that is not as fluent and that is not as, mm. as, as comfortable. On top of that, Sheffield missed a ton of shots early. Mm. Um, Glasgow couldn't get going at all, which is a big thing for Sheffield. You, got, you can't. That, you know, when if Sheffield have dead possessions, you can't let Rod Glasgow pull up and shoot a fifteen foot shot out of nothing six times a game. Yeah, because if he solves those, if he if he creates out of those dead possessions when you've got them lined up, you know that, that can be the difference in the game. And he, he didn't make his shots in this game. I thought Bristol defended him quite well with size. So Sheffield went big, and Bristol were big, and there really wasn't much space on the court, and it became yeah a bit of a a battle mm. and a battle without much shooting and no. without the shooting you know, there comes no rhythm there's a lot of contact it becomes a difficult game the ref you know my, my, my finger was a bit on the on the old fast forward every yeah, time yeah. The, you know, because it's just just very very bitty you know yeah so, so in the Brist first half they scored 24 points yeah yeah it, yeah Bristol uh, led by 13 at one stage in the first half 34 21 two two and a half minutes from half time uh, they got 15 up in the third quarter, but uh, Wallace and then uh, Muzzolo hit threes to make it 43-37. Then early in the fourth quarter, a couple of threes from Wallace got it uh, to 51-53 in favor of the Sharks. And let's just spin it because we've got overtime to go through as well. Um, well, I like, just just on that though, what yeah. I like just the reason that Sheffield started scoring was because they went back to that small lineup at the beginning mm. of the fourth quarter towards the end of the third quarter. They had like thirty-seven points in basically three quarters, and suddenly then then he went with with Rutino at the four. Yeah, and that just opened that Johnson, Glasgow, Wallace, Rutino, and whoever that opens the whole thing up. And there was there was times when Rutino was being guarded by Shane Walker, you know, and that's just 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 a horrific mismatch but it opened Sheffield's offense up gave them spacing and then they splurged and Wallace got going basically but he had the spacing to do it with so Evans fouls out with 245 to go 60-58 Delpesh makes a, a free throw to make it a three-point game then there's a double dribble by Glasgow Jake misses a three Delpesh with the steal um, the next score was actually Miller an easy drive to the basket with no help whatsoever 63-58 46 seconds to go at home, Bristol should win from here. 
Yeah, I thought at first a good call by the ref on the Glasgow double dribble, good replay work by the Bristol yeah, guys. As yeah, well. yeah, 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 was. Um, yeah. Just put his other supporting hand on the basketball. Um, yeah, it was one of those games when when Miller made that layup, and, and you know there weren't many layups in that game which were like that, whereby anybody being able to get to the rim. Um, again, thinking, well, how are Bristol going to lose this one? You know, <laughs> um, you're up five in a in a, in a low scoring game with like forty odd seconds to go. And then um, um, Wallace, actually, to be fair, Tiba ran a nice play for Wallace, and he made a really tough shot coming off a, a curl. Yeah, a tough yeah. three. He inbounded um, it, and he went as if he was going to come baseline, then came back the other way off the screen. Um, and and thirty nine seconds to go, sixty three, uh, sixty one. Uh, Miller drives, yeah. misses this time, and then uh, Wallace had a mismatch on a on a switch. Um, at the other end, wow. still had to finish high up off, off the glass. That was still a difficult finish. I, I thought that was a bad switch. I watched that. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, you, that that guy is what he had 20, he must have had probably 15 to 18 points in the, the latter half of the game, if not the fourth quarter. And he was comfortable. And we know he's a gamer because we've talked about it before. You know, that little mm. tete a tete he had with Crandall in the meeting yeah. rooms last minute, you know, that type of stuff. That's, that's somebody who's like, you know, who's focused on. You know, on the game, you know, he's not gonna, he's not just gonna walk away and he's gonna get emotional, he's gonna desperately get there. And I thought, to, I think it was Walker switched on to him. Um, I thought it wasn't even a real, it wasn't even a real screen, you know, mm. at that point in the game, you, I, you've got to, you know, you, you, if you're guarding that guy, then you've got to be the one who says, I'm guarding him, I'm gonna get over that screen, I'm gonna defend this fella. Yeah, and um, you know, it wasn't like it was a screen on a on a tight curl at the top of the three point line or anything like that. It was probably eight, ten feet outside the three point line, and you've got to get back in front of your own man. You got to guard your own man. And as soon as he sees Walker on him, and he's going to the rim, mm. you know, and, and he's and he's comfortable going to the rim because he knows that's his job. He knows he's got the mismatch. So mentally, he is thinking. This is my this is from this is my play. No one's going yeah. to criticize me if I go with Shane Walker off the dribble. Yeah, yeah. So he's attacking. You know, it's all a, it's a mental thing about am I comfortable making the right play, right, in the right shot? As soon as he sees that, bang, I'm going at him off the dribble, and it could have been an and one. You know, he ended, he ended up four feet into the. Um, I, I couldn't see because the camera yeah. wasn't great on it, but um, he ended. You know, another day, another ref potentially could be an and one as well because he ended up four feet into the the the, um, the advertiser board, and I just thought it was a bad switch. You know. A, you know, you've got to guard you guard your guy at the end. And I've, I've said it last week, I think, you know, the guys without the ball are not scoring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've yeah, got to have yeah. the ball to score, yeah, yeah. you know, and you've got to know who is going to be that, who is who is the guy who you really want to get the ball out of the hands of. And with Devontae Wallace, it was him, and they didn't, and they nearly paid for it. Uh, so uh, timeout, there's 5.9 seconds to go. Timeout, advance the ball. Um, uh, Bristol got a shot. It was top of the key from Jacob. It was a long way short. I, I must admit, I watched it and thought, well, at least they didn't turn the ball over in that situation. They got it in, but I think there was at least two, or I looked at it, there was a, it was a bit confused because um, I think Jacob ran to the corner initially. Yeah, he did. And then he came up. When he came up, he was actually right where Thomas Edwards was. So the spacing yeah. was dead, and he, yeah. ended up, he ended up catching the basketball off probably it might have been Miller who threw it to him whoever the big whoever was at the top of court it but this but him and Thomas Edwards were in the same place so it can't have been what you know they haven't they haven't convinced in um end of game situations Bristol 
at that end, of the, particularly in that building at that end of the floor on a sideline yeah. out of the time. Well, it's always going to be the end of the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where that's the way they go in the second half. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, other than Evans kind of pulling up and pulling up, pulling shots out of his backside, they really haven't really showed much in in the way of close games that make you think, yeah, okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna finish this game off. So it uh, went to overtime. Yeah, Delpesh, Marcus Delpesh, Sheffield, uh, fouled out early in uh, overtime. So let's go, let's go forward to the last last bit of the game. Wallace yeah. in, into the paint, 71-70 uh, with 140 uh, to go. And then I thought a big play uh, on the next one. Jacob missed a three, but Simmons with the offensive rebound, put back, got an and one, turned, so he got three points uh, for them. 120 yeah. to go, they're up four. Yeah, and that was the balance, you see. The whole game, it was all about the, the, the chess match was playing smaller, playing big. Mm. And I remember when Simmons got that rebound, I watched it back again, watching it back. You're looking at who's in the paint. You know, at that point, Mike Tuck was playing the five. Mm. Like Del Pesce had gone. I don't believe Coke was in the game. No. They were playing small, you know, and that allows the spacing on one end, but it also allows the rebounding on the other end. And sometimes you just got to throw everything in the air and see where it falls. Um, and Simmons made the play that he has to make, which is if he's got got took on him, you know, who's been basically career at four, he played mm. a four for most of his career. Like most guys, as you get a bit older, you tend to move up a position, and you're going to be solid. But at the end of the day, Simmons is six ten, took six seven, took doesn't get off the ground that much. Um, so took Simmons has to make that play, and he does. And he does. Wallace missed, and then Simmons got a mismatch. He had Glasgow on his on his back, but couldn't score, and he missed uh, 40 seconds to go. And then uh, Sheffield, it looked like there was going to be an easy score for Tuck. He almost lost the ball. They they went round. Rotino misses a three, and then Glasgow somehow salvaged something out of it with a little fall away in the in the key. 17 seconds to go to make it a two point game. Yeah. Yeah, just just hustle basically. At that point, everybody's just you're just hoping someone's going to pull a shot out, you know. And and again, they they tried to work with their spacing, and 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 Rodney did it. Did he, he call a timeout then? And I can't remember if there was a timeout because what the, I've got here is immediate the, foul. Uh, yeah, they, I don't think they did call a timeout because they were going. It was a straightaway yeah. foul. So yeah. Jacobs is fouled. Uh, he yeah. misses the second free throw. Sheffield get the ball. They come down the other side. There's 14 seconds to go when it when they when they got the ball back. They come down. They're moving it around. They're looking for something. They're down by three. Where's Kipper going? Where's he going? He wait. It was the end of the clock. They'd run. They'd moved the ball looking for a three. So if you were going for two, you had to go quick. They wasted. It was actually. It was actually a ridiculous thing to say. It was the worst taken charge mm. you will ever see. Mm. Because it was the Mike Miller, it was a right basketball playing every way. But if yeah. he just got out of the way, the game was over. It was over, yeah, yeah. If yeah. he doesn't take the charge by the time the ball goes we'll in, go time through the hoop, game is yeah. over. Yeah. You know? yeah. so, so it was a that, that's a that's a weird one. You know, don't yeah, take yeah, the charge. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, whatever. So he took, yeah, I mean, what Nichols was doing, it was the same. And I told you after the game about the early season game at Newcastle, he did exactly the same thing, the one that I was actually commentating on whereby they had the ball with 15 seconds to go and, and the 20 second shot clock. And instead of just standing there to be fouled, he drove into the paint and put a shot up, mm. um, you know, just a brain freeze. And the best, well, the thing I really liked about it though, um, it was, was Wallace's reaction. Cause he was not happy. No. And if, you, if you, you know, he, he was the one who was in camera nearest to the camera and he turned around and he did a kind of a LeBron J.R. Smith 
thing. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he was like, well, whatever, you know, and, and um, because you got to know. And, and, you know, Nichols wasn't really, he wasn't that impactful in this game. He, you know, he's got to be a bit better than that. He's a second year now. He's not, I can't say it's a dumb rookie mistake. It's not. Yeah, it's the second yeah. year and yeah, it's yeah. March. You've got to know time and score. And if you're going to stand on the three-point line in particular, there's a reason you're doing it. because you're a yeah. three-point shooter. You can knock that shot down. Yeah, yeah. And Bristol still nearly lost. Yeah, Bristol, however, didn't want to uh, leave without the extra hospitality of giving Sheffield one more chance. Um, tried to force the pass. There's one second to go. They tried to force a p- passing almost on a handoff. And yeah. was it Retino got a little knock on it and it went yeah. out off Bristol. Yeah. And the referees had to think about it and then decided to put 0.3 seconds on the clock. What I was thinking there is there's one second on the clock. Why have anybody in the front court at all? Why, uh, why not? Why not? Sorry, in the back court at all. Yeah. Why not send everybody down the other end of the court, put the biggest guy on the free throw line and just lob it towards him and let him tap it. He doesn't have to catch it. He just has to tap it. The other team's not going to catch and shoot in a second if he taps and that, it. And that's basketball logic. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anybody do it, but I don't no, understand why. Sometimes I wish we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it, well, there's a bog standard thing, which is basically you throw it forwards. Yeah. <laughs> you don't throw it towards your own basket. Yeah. He must, Andreas must have used his timeout because he didn't use the timeout at that point. Um, so they didn't advance it to the front court. Um, but I just think these things happen. It happens very quickly, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is... <laughs> You want you, you as a as a receiver of the basketball. You don't want to. It doesn't. The handoff is a nightmare on the inbound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're both touching it at the same time, it's a turnover. It's out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out of bounds. Yeah. You know. So you know. So he has to let go of the ball before you can touch it. Otherwise, it's out of bounds. There's no time off the clock. Mm. So you want to be staying away from said person. You know. Yeah. You know, or, or throw it off somebody's foot or something. I just think it's you know they, they need to do some they need to sort out there who's the, who's their inbound who's the best passer who's taking it out of bounds every single time and yeah. who's gonna who we're gonna throw the ball to and how's he gonna get it open you yeah. know and it was you know it was it was they're lucky it was point three because if it was point six that becomes yeah. a real issue yeah yeah but it could have been point six because when you get less than a second then the refs are guessing guessing no yeah yeah yeah. There might have been no time. That was the other thing. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one because when the ball is, technically, when the ball is tipped in court... The clock starts. The clock starts, and it doesn't stop until the ball bounces something, yeah. Or hits a player. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty... That takes quite a bit of time. It does, yeah. So so sometimes I think the the, the, the table's a little bit quick on the old finger on that one, but it's very difficult because they're probably across the court and can't see. So it's just guesswork. And again, it's end of end of court, end of um, game execution for them. And then then they went back to that ridiculous baseline camera. Yeah, I know, terrible, fantastic <laughs> coverage, replays, yeah. Yeah, commentary, yeah, yeah. everything superb. Just like last week, you know, they go down the baseline camera yeah. with 0.3 second left. Yeah, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. Tuck missed, uh, went, missed a three. I don't know if it was in time. I don't think you can get that off in 0.3. Yeah. Uh, so that was the 11th lowest scoring overtime game in the history of the British Basketball That's a good League. Stat. I yes. like that stuff. I, I actually was at the lowest scoring game, 62-63, London Worcester 2013. It was a TV game. Ooh, I, I just remember when it got to overtime thinking I don't need another five minutes of this. Into this. There you go. Yeah. 
I actually was also at the lowest scoring double overtime game as well. That was uh, 71-66, Sheffield yeah. against Leicester. I remember a double overtime game between Sunderland and Manchester, probably going back to about 1989, which was very low scoring. Mm. You can find it out for us later. I always remember, I think it was a, it was a Manchester had a guy playing called Jason Fogarty, who was a big Oh, uh, he was a big unit. Jason, big unit, Jason. And um, He was a big unit in his later days. In his early days, he was quite a... Yeah, he could play. Um, but Sunderland played Manchester about seven times that season because there's only mm. about eight or nine teams in the league. Mm. And the teams were very equally matched. I think Kevin St. Kitts was playing for Manchester and that type mm. of thing. You know, they were yeah. really very competitive yeah, yeah. teams. But by the end of the season, the teams absolutely despised each other. Yeah. You know, and there was some big guys playing. And I remember people getting thrown out. And I just remember the whole crowd at Crow Tree Leisure Centre you know, getting on Jason Fogarty in the game being about 59, yeah. 59 before overtime or something ridiculous. But that's a memory I've just come, just come back to us now. So you can check it out later. Oh, we'll check it out. Yeah, if you so, so that that wasn't even my start of the game. My start no. of the game was Bristol had 78 shots and 27 free throws for six for 75 points. Well, and they won the game. I mean, they won the well, game. Look, I said that's their game. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a broken record thing, isn't it? But we've yeah, talked yeah. about it. That's how they win. Uh, Sheffield, yeah. Sheffield, by comparison, had sixty-five shots and twenty free throws for twenty-three. Those are attempts, obviously, not makes. Um, not great. Then. Seventy-two. So it's not great. They will be reducing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so Jacob had 17 and 11, Thomas Edwards uh, 12, Evans 13, Wallace was the only guy in double figures for the Sharks with 25, so a third um, of his team's scoring. Uh, let's go down to Surrey Sports Park, and uh, well, this game finished at about 9.15, 9.20, Dave, as they left, I'm sure they scorched his fans. Thinking though it's cold and lonely in the deep dark night, oh, they nice. can see paradise oh, by the scoreboard lights because it finished. Uh, Surrey Scorchers 95, Glasgow Rocks 86, and I'm retiring the uh, meatloaf yeah, after that. So you, so, so you should. I did it two weeks ago, but I know Bring, brings brings to an end their ten game uh, losing streak, their first me. win since New Year's day so they i'm waiting for spring street to die then we'll get get um right um so before we get into the game um dangakodo back obviously they've signed soul rolls tyson uh um wilkins after his ankle injury within a minute and a half of coming back was back again so creon's actually got a bit Bit of a rotation yeah, now to work with. From, yeah, as ever, he's gone from having too few players to too many. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's tough. It's a tough world being a coach. Um, yeah, I like the Rose Tyson pickup, you know, because it's it's all Rose Tyson actually kind of he'd been at Sheffield, he played at Cheshire a little bit, and he, he always demonstrated a little bit of kind of stretch for potential. Mm. You know, the ability to stretch the court quite long, quite long arms and, and you know, decent size, six, probably six, 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 six seven. Um, and he got he got hurt, and I think he had an illness, and mm. it basically was out for a long period of time. And I think it's, 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 a, it's a nice pickup that because he might you know he might have a point to prove, and I think he can definitely play in the BBL. Um, yeah, I thought um, firstly Glasgow looked lonely. Mm. You know, we're getting back to Wordsworth now. They wandered mm. lonely to mm-hmm. Surrey Sports Park. Yeah, it was Garrett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a guy sat next to him, and there was three players on the bench. Mm. You know, so that made me kind of go, ah, 
because I've been there. Yeah. Um, it takes a long way to Surrey on a Friday night when you're playing at home on a Sunday as well. Mm. Um, and I thought this was probably Stanley Davis's best game. Mm. Watching it back, and it was a hard game to watch as well because there was a lot of fouls in it. The camera angle was good. I like the camera angle. Good mm. job, Surrey. Keep it there, please. Um, it actually made Surrey look better than I think. I think they may have been rather let down by their camera angle this year. Yeah, yeah, they have. Been. You know, yeah. actually, I might, yeah. I might be a bit harsh yeah, yeah. because yeah. of the viewpoint of the game. It just makes it hard watching. Yeah. But with a better camera angle, I think we saw a little bit, a little bit more of them. And uh, I thought Davis was really good because he didn't, he didn't force anything. Mm. You know, they they got the ball. They they're a big, they are a solid team. They're a big team now. They're beginning to get a bit of cohesion, and they're playing against you know a, a team which basically cannot defend the three point line, mm. and they benefited from that um, throughout the game. But overall, yeah, um, not the easiest game to watch. But I thought for, for it's sort of Glasgow took on the Surrey rule of always being behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those games where it, you felt like there was it was two teams that had not really won very much recently. There wasn't much between them until the start of the third quarter when. Sorry, hit the first six points and opened up a, a 10 point lead. Even then there was um there was a 7-0 run by the Rocks late in the third, cut it to four, and you just thought, oh, will Surrey get a bit tight here? But I thought the Thomas three uh to end the yeah. third quarter was an important shot for them because it gave them yeah. seven, gave them a bit of confidence. It was, but it frustrated the hell out of me because that was a, it was a one pass shot to his mm. one pass shot to his shooter on the shot clock, mm. was that? Mm. And I'm watching it, thinking you can't give up that shot there. You know, in Glasgow's. I don't know what the Surrey shooting this game from three. They shot a high percentage. I haven't got it down. Sorry. Well, sorry. I know Glasgow gave up 28 to 42. Obviously, mm. last week from the three point nine yeah, two yeah. games. Uh, I, I did the sums afterwards, and there was something like 41 to 65 in total over yeah. three games. And it's not just because these guys are good shooters; it's because they're getting good shots. And that was an example. You know, you've got you've got the shot, you've got the clock to benefit you. The yeah. clock is your friend. You know, if you see that, you know that Devin Thomas is a shooter. He doesn't want to post anybody up. If you run him off, you know, he doesn't get that shot. And um, and, and you don't cheat on, you know, you don't help over that far off, off on a one pass away off Stanley Davis. So, yeah, it was a big shot. But it was Eight of 15 they were from three. Eight of 15. Eight of 15. So, yeah, 50 plus. I thought it was a defensive mistake. Um, and, yeah, and they... I mean, the subplot with Vance Johnson continues to be interesting because he played 16 of the first 20 minutes. He didn't play in the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, Gareth came out and played in the second half and Vance Johnson didn't get on the court. I don't know if Gareth just looked at the stat sheet at halftime and said, no, you're not playing. But it was all a bit kind of... And that's to me, I don't know, maybe those words at halftime in the locker room. I mean, somebody had to talk. There wasn't many of them there. Um, so maybe something was said, but... I don't know, he just never got on the court. Um, that helped, probably, probably helped Glasgow's offence, but Johnson's actually not done a bad job defensively, and Ringer um, was able to impact um, the game offensively for the first time, showed a little bit of range, mm. a little bit of post skills as well. Yeah. They, they never looked like losing. We've seen the real Des yeah, Ringer. We have seen the real Des Ringer, but not for love. Um, the, um, the, they never looked like losing in the, in the, in the fourth quarter, to be fair. Niall, Niall tried to make it sound like it was going to come back, but it didn't look like it. Well, since um, New Year's Day, he's not an interesting game, no, has to he? Be fair, to be fair. To be fair, to him, he's got to try. Yeah. Uh, Ringer was 9 of 11 for 20 and 10. Uh, yeah, he's got some nice moves. Mm. The rim as well. 17, uh, Thomas and Ogan Dengby, 12 each. Uh, Harris said 20 and 9. Murray, 20. Uh, sorry, 21 and nine. Murray, 20 and five. 
and Jordan Johnson 14 and 9. Um, let's go to the Morningside Arena where the Leicester Riders uh, won 80 to 59 against the Cheshire Phoenix. Did you? I know he didn't come back on BBL. I didn't ever get so. back. To, I didn't ever watch this game. I'm afraid no. because it wasn't on the player, and I didn't. I couldn't be. Yeah, I, I logged in. Didn't do login. Um, just before we get to it, um, yeah. the Eric Robertson thing yeah. is brutal. You know, Shocking. Absolutely brutal. Um, he played. You know, he was part of a team that basically kicked our backsides. Yeah. But you know, you always. Had a lot of always had a lot of respect and time for him because he was an he was a very different to the vast majority of American mm. players who play in this league, and that he came in he was utterly you could see it in his demeanor on the court, you know not, this is not what I've been told this is just what I saw in my own eyes even I don't think I ever spoke to him, mm. but you saw it with his demeanor on the court you saw the fact that he was somebody who clearly picked up everybody he would play five minutes he would play twenty minutes he would be ready to play. The defense, he would knock down three point shots, but he would, he would all he would be someone who just added value, mm. you know. And the, the what I've gathered about him is that from what I've read afterwards is that he added value off the court as well yeah. in his life, yeah, yeah, you know. And that, that knocked me when I saw that, that kind of knocked me back a little bit, yeah. It's just you see it on Twitter and you just think, shit, sorry, yeah. what you know, why is it, why is it, why. You know, yeah. so I, I didn't see what the, the I know the riders did a a, a a presentation, they did a memorial, etc. I didn't see what yeah. it was, but you know, it's it's just brutal. I'm, I'm yeah. desperate, desperate. I, I, I didn't know him. I didn't know him that well. I knew him, I knew him a tiny bit, but the the thing that struck me was um, for whatever reason he was my son's favorite player. My son was about ten at the time, and um, an odd player to pick as your favorite player. Yeah. Because as you say, some weeks he'd only play five minutes and. Uh, and he wasn't the flashy highlight sort of guy that he got. But um, he found out he found out that my son was his favorite player and he came down and watched my son play in a game. That's just incredible. because, just because. And I think I did, yeah, I think I did speak, he had the same agent as Ramon Fletcher. Okay. Agent. So I think I did, I spoke to his agent. I think I may have had a few words with him one day when his agent was at one of the Leicester Newcastle games. Hmm. Um, yeah, just, just so, yeah. I can't, I can't, can't see any more. Just, no. just, just, I, I just saw he was a mark of a of a man, and as as you say, a deeply religious man, a, a man who gave a lot uh, to his community, and just terrible. To, I mean, for anybody to die at the age of twenty eight, but um, yeah. Um, this so you obviously haven't seen this game. Um, no. Essentially, uh, I, I watched it back on Synergy, and this was just a squeeze game, basically. Um, Knicks couldn't score, and it was just a matter of time before Leicester did. I mean, it was 14-11 at the end of the first quarter. It was 26-20 midway through the second quarter, and then McKenzie helped it out to a 13-point lead, and, and that was it. Leicester just kept... Yeah, well, that's, I mean, again, it's a scheduled game, isn't it? I mean, look at Plymouth, you know. This is what, happen this is what happens when you, the, the running the trophy always impacts the league because the trophy games are played in the two-legged semifinals in particular or played at a time where people are starting to have to catch up on league games. Yeah. You know, it doesn't happen like that for the Cup. The Cup games are played over Christmas. There's a weekend set aside for the quarterfinals. The semifinals, there's a bit of time set aside. You don't have the, the pressure of games. Suddenly you've got, suddenly our, our regular season finishes in, in five weeks' time, you know, mm. and you've got to play 13 games or something ridiculous. And so suddenly you're playing Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Tuesday in Plymouth. Friday in Leicester, Sunday at home to London, right? And in the meantime, whilst that's going on, you lose 
a big piece of your rotation. Mm. And on top of that, um, you're past February the 28th, so you can't sign yeah. anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Which I hate. By the way, I just, just I hate. I, I, I think it was once. It may have been January once. And I argued. Yeah, it was January. I argued to push it back. I don't know if I if it was my arguments that won the day, but it was just like a nonsense. You know, I think it should be the end of March because, you know, if the signing deadline should be to stop people bringing in people for the playoffs. Mm. You know, and to, to bring in a whole new team for the playoffs, that's not on. But um, you know, Bristol have got more than half their league games to play. Mm. Mm. You know, so why why are we stopping players if someone gets if two if a team gets two season ending injuries now, you know? Yeah. Why why are we making that what what's the point of that rule? Um that's just that's today's negative rant. Um so don't do it. But um so so they're short and um, they're in the Leicester who haven't played um who are playing one game a week primarily for the past few weeks because they lost in the first round of the trophy who are focused and who are, you know, who are talented and who are ready and who are well scouted as ever and, and, and are going to be the team that puts on the squeeze, you know, and, and the, my impression would be that Cheshire just wouldn't have the gas. And then they didn't, and of course they missed a ton of foul shots. Yeah, they did. They missed a ton of shots from all distances. Yeah. Uh, Crandall led Leicester with 13 points, uh, five assists, Whelan 13, Mackenzie 10. Austin had um, 18 points, 10 rebounds, six steals, and eight assists. Um, although uh, on Synergy, you can click on the assists and it shows you, because I thought, oh, eight assists, that was, and I didn't notice it in while I was watching yeah. it through. Uh, and I played it back and I think there have been, there was a couple of them that were thrown right to him. Um, but there was a couple that I thought, I'm not sure they were his steals. It was where somebody's oh. deflected it and whatever. But but anyway, it's in the stats as eight assists, so well done to him. Uh, Acherobia, 12 and nine, and um, Teddy had 10. Did Neymar right play in this game? I thought he did. You know, I didn't... I haven't I, seen it, obviously. I know he didn't play tonight. He didn't play today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of them where well. I don't remember... Um, I don't remember looking now, but uh, they shot 34% from the field, 16% from three, and 37%. Yeah, he did play. He played 29 minutes. Oh, well, that's uh, thir- 37% from the um, free throw line. 37%. Well, you've not got a shot, have you? Now, and that is legs. You know, that's all in the legs because that is the, 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 the trip to Glasgow on the Wednesday, then the trip to Plymouth on the Tuesday to play on a concrete floor. To get back at Cheshire, after, you know, and then then you go to Leicester, it, you know. Eventually, what what you lose is your shooting. You lose it. You lose your legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, as I say, you're running to a team who's not going to give you anything. Leicester, yeah. Leicester do not give anybody anything. You got to earn every single penny, and um, they just they didn't have it. So yeah. So let's move on to uh, today's games and stick with Leicester. Manchester Giants, eighty-five. Leicester Riders. 83, no Clark for the Giants, no Walker for the Riders. And no feed un- for us. No feed, unfortunately, until the second quarter. So yeah, Gino, Gino uh, subbed out of the game uh, with 137 gone, and we don't know why, but obviously he got some sort of injury. He was on the bike in the back. He was on the bike, wasn't he? Yeah, I was yeah, trying to figure so it I out. Don't um, I don't know. Obviously, he's had, he had issues with his wrist last year, didn't he? Mm. Um, yeah. But you wouldn't be generally be on the bike if you've got any lower limb no. injury. You wouldn't be if it's a hamstring or a, or an ankle or a knee or anything like that. So you yeah. know, it was very it was strange. 
I'm sure we'll uh, find never out. Never got to see it, so yeah, well, I'm sure we'll <laughs> find out at some didn't point. Get to use our amateur medical skills <laughs> because PBL couldn't get couldn't take the switch to put the screens on. Yeah, no, um, I must have refreshed that on on that game and the Glasgow game about forty five times. And yeah, I was too busy ranting on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, try to provoke a reaction. Um, it's not good though. I mean, no, it isn't good. No, it's not it good because good. it's there. You know, it's it's not it's not a problem with the venues because the venues are all working. Yeah. You know, and it, there's so many different platforms that the games could go out on, mm. and they're using one which, you know, I think is 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 linked to the seven 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 group in London in America, um, who kind of set it up and, and it needs to work. You know, either yeah. have it or don't have it. If you, if you don't have it because you want to get fans in the building and you don't think it's good, that's fine. But if you're going to well, have it, the, I saw on Twitter that the game was was being broadcast on a uh, on a betting website. So obviously the feed was leaving the building. Um, yeah, well, I, I didn't, you know, that's very disappointing because that's yeah. the type of lateral thinking I would yeah, normally yeah. use. Well, totally by, the, by, the time, by the time I saw that, about a minute later, it came back on the, the BBL yeah. player. So. Um, so there wasn't actually much in it, to be honest. I don't think we missed much. Riders led five. Five to twelve, Giants tied it up at twelve apiece. There wasn't really much in it, and almost just want to go to the to the fourth quarter yeah, on this one. Absolutely. Uh, Nelson Henry scores seven in a row. Leicester up seventy to seventy-five, and Mackenzie and Loving making threes, and Leicester are still up six with with three to play. And this is the sort of game that you kind of expect Leicester to see out. Um, you can probably go a little bit further back because um, a bit middle of the third quarter. You know, basically, um, Jack Hudson came in the first half, played really well, knocked down shots, got made some passes, and um, you, you know this, these two teams have history because they've played quite a few times now, and obviously there's a cup final. Mm. And you know, if you lose a cup final to somebody, there is something in the back of your mind, whether you let, whether people don't understand it or not. You know, I've been there. You know, you lose the cup final, you've lost to them three or four times, you get fed up with it eventually, mm. and. Um, Manchester kind of, I thought, played together uh, and, and, and kind of stayed competitive. Obviously, Crandall wasn't playing. That led to Mackenzie and Washington playing more. And, you know, my theory is that the more those guys play, the better they're going to be, as opposed to if they play their, if they're playing spot minutes, I think that it's less effective. It's always a difficulty with building a good team. You know, you have good players down the bench because you want them, but you've got to make sure that they're able to, you know, a good player playing yeah. 13 minutes a game might not produce to you the way that, you know, somebody, it's difficult. But the more they play, certainly Connor has a history of it. The more he plays, the more responsibility he has, the better he plays. And um, Mackenzie, I think, is probably the same. Just, just, he just looks like he's cut from the same cloth, everything I've seen about him. Um, so, halfway through the third quarter, Lloyd took out. Um, Armstrong, um, who Leicester really have had the number of basically all season, um, certainly since the cup final because they didn't play until the cup final, and he took out McKnight as well, and they really struggled. They had the two, without those two on the court at the same time, you know, they really struggled for offense. He had, I think, he had the Hudson and maybe Whelan and Saunders and and Ulf, and they played about three minutes, and, and Leicester basically did what Leicester do, which is when you haven't got your line, you haven't got your lineup out there, they grind you down, you know, because mm. they're a tough team to make shots on. And then McKnight, not McKnight, um, Armstrong came back in with two minutes to go in the third quarter, and Armstrong's Armstrong became a pro tonight. Um, Armstrong took a jump tonight um, because he didn't play well in the cup final. He hasn't really played well against them at all. 
and he took over that game. And Jason Swain said it. I actually thought about two minutes beforehand. Yeah, he wasn't going to let them lose. And from that moment on, third two minutes ago in the third quarter, he made every single play, and he made the right play every single time. And he got to the rim. He finished at the rim against a solid, solid defensive team. He, he when he had to knock down threes, he knocked down threes. Um, it was a mentality performance. Mm. And I, I thought that started when he came back in, at, as I say, at the end of the third quarter. And I said in the Newcastle game before, you know, how do you defend Manchester? You've got to defend him. Mm. You know, you've got to defend him. He is, he is everything about them. And, um, you know, he, he made the jump. You know, he, he really showed, um, showed a metal to him tonight, a winning, you know, that winning look, that, that look mm. which says, I'm going to actually, I'm not going to let this happen again. And I talk about that a lot, but we don't see it that much. You see a lot of, you see, you fake it. A lot of people fake it. Mm. You know, there's a lot of, you know, it doesn't, and it's not something which you can have every week. You can't, you know, but you have it when it matters. You know, Crandall had it in the second quarter of the cup final. Yeah, yeah. You know, Fletcher, I've seen Fletcher with it, you know, multiple occasions, probably the semifinals of the, the playoffs last year would be the, the most recent example. Yeah. And that look, which is not, this, 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 this is over. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you can play me all night, but I'm going to make the last play. I'm going to win. So that was the biggest story of it. I thought Leicester were really, really good for a team playing without Crandall and Walker. Yeah. Uh, Whelan was outstanding and has continued yeah. to play outstanding. He's playing his home court uh, in Manchester, but his, you know, he doesn't look like he's going to miss. Mm. And he has a pure shot and he has the ability to finish at the rim, um, primarily going right. But he just has, and then at the end of the game, he made a hook pass off a screen and roll to get the ball to Nelson Henry from that one, which put them up five, I think. Yeah. You know, and, and, and when you've got Whelan, then you've got Mackenzie's competitiveness, you've got Loving's calmness. Um, you know, you, you see how, you see why that team is winning. Um, but um, Armstrong wouldn't let them. Yeah. So uh, back to back to, to where I'd got to. Yeah, Anderson so, yeah. then scored. Then Armstrong had a really tough shot uh, yeah. in the key with 150 to go, 79, 81. Uh, Whelan, mid-range shot. Uh, on the baseline, 79, 83, 134 to go. And then um, we, we, we've talked about Armstrong and his, and his three-point shooting. Step back three with 113 to go, made it a one-point game. Yeah, and it was just that, you know, it was the tough shots he's made. He was like, I'm going to make these shots because I can't because I've had enough of losing to you guys. Mm. Now, that was it. And I wouldn't criticise Leicester's defence on him. In the past, you know, you know, obviously, I'm on this show and I'm saying, no, you need to stop him. You know he's got the ball. You need to know it. Get the ball out of his hands, all that stuff. They didn't do much wrong. You know, not, they were, you know, his, his three point shooting was like two, three feet outside and it was mm. semi contested, you know, and, and you'd live with that normally. Um, but he wasn't missing and he wasn't going to let them lose. So he makes that shot. It's a one point game. And you still, and at this point, actually, the other guy who deserves credit is Lewis because Lewis hardly played in the game. But he came in at the end, last few, last three or four minutes. He only played eleven minutes. But he came in last three or four minutes for um, for Ulf, and he probably made the two biggest plays of the game defensively. And um, one of them, which I think Rob was slightly wound up about, was the jump ball call. Well, let me just do, let's just get there. Whelan had a turnover, the timeout. Armstrong comes down and misses, and then uh, Nelson Henry going to the basket, um, and the ball. He hands on the ball. Balls out of bounds and referee calls a uh, a jump ball. 
Yeah, and it was back. To, it was the, the contact was kind of the blind side of the camera, yeah. so I couldn't see. I couldn't see yeah. if it was a foul or not. I couldn't see if he was I, on the ball. I, I, I don't know whether it's a foul, and I don't know whether it's an out of bounds, but it's not a jump ball. No, it didn't seem that. Well, there was one. There was another jump ball in. Um, there was one on Friday jump, night as well. The Eagles game. Yeah, it was a jump ball towards the end, and it was like he had so, his hand on the ball for like a big ten big second. Yeah, because that happened um, on Friday night, and then happened again today. I went and had a look at the ruling on that because I thought. In the old days, it used to be like two seconds or something. I thought, is there a yeah. time on it or not? Yeah. And the only thing it says is a hell ball occurs when one or more players from the opposing teams have one or one or both hands firmly on the ball so that neither player can gain control without undue roughness. Well, the ball goes out of bounds without any yeah. undue roughness, so it can't yeah. be a jump ball. I love that. That's a tremendous phrase, isn't it? Undue roughness. Undue roughness. That's one for the lawyers, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, what's undue? Well, that, that's just roughness. That's not undue. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> undue. So that, that I'm just using due roughness, Your Honour. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. That's yeah. written in the 1950s, that. Yeah. Um, but like you say, from where it is, from the camera angle, you can't tell if there's a foul in there. Yeah. Um, and you can't tell who the ball comes off to go out of bounds. Yeah. But I can't see how that's a jump ball. Well, it's it's all the, the NBA thing is very different because the NBA basically the minute that somebody puts a hand on the ball, it's yeah. a hell ball. Yeah, yeah. And, and whereas in the BBL, and we've seen you, you've seen it, I've seen it. They yeah. look from confused Americans yeah, yeah. week in week out, especially the new ones. Yeah. Where they go up and down with the basketballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone plants sitting, they land, yeah. they go up, they travel in that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's you know, that? It's jump ball. Yeah. But because uh, the other, yeah, yeah. The other thing is, yeah. if it's if yeah, two. If the two guys are on the floor, they let them pull at it until they get to yeah. the level of due roughness, and then it becomes undue, and then they call a jump ball. But that goes on for like two seconds at times. Yeah, and it, yeah. to me, anyway, to me, that's, anyway, that's it's not a that jump was, ball. Was, well, it was a big clear by Lewis anyway, because Lewis hadn't been in the game much, and whatever it is, he got a stop, whether it was by fair, foul, rough, due, yeah. undue, whatever. He got the stop. And, um, and then... So the possession arrows for the Giants. So they're down one and they now have the ball with 24.3 seconds uh, to go. And, um, and they executed. Yeah. And Saunders hits a heck of a shot. Yeah. I mean, you know, Will is, he uh, spoke to Will a little bit on Friday night, how Will, um, before the game. And not even, I didn't speak to him. He spoke to me, to be fair, King on Saturday to me. Um, try not to speak to players in case I don't know which ones I might have annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but obviously, he played for us a few years ago and won the trophy. Um, yeah, and he's, you know, he he has no no fear mm. of anything, you know, and, and he has this this jump shot, which I've talked about before, which is basically just muscle memory, mm. you know, because he shoots it from so far above his head, you know, that it's it's just it's 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 it's, it's almost a robotic kind of bring it up and shoot it and you can't block it mm. um, and he has no fear and I thought the maturity of Armstrong to make that play to deliver the ball in rhythm for his man coming off the curl was really impressive and yeah he made a hell of a shot you can't you can't blame Leicester defence for that it was a Will Saunders shot I suppose you might want to say oh, it's Will Saunders catching the basketball we're just going to we're going to make him dribble but such was the such was the timing of the pass. Mm. I only saw it once, so I might have to go back and check. But such was the timing of the pass. I think it was very difficult to get up to him. And such is the quickness of his release. Very difficult to make him mm. put the ball on the floor. It's all about rhythm with, with with Will. If he gets the ball in rhythm facing the basket, then you know, 
he has every chance of going in. If he's a little bit off rhythm when he catches it, or if he's a step back from the three-point line, then your chances of stopping him are better. And Tariq, yeah, Tariq Armstrong, I say he made every every play that he needed to make, Tariq Armstrong, so he made every play he needed to make. So there was still 5.6 seconds to go. Uh, Leicester with a timeout and advance the ball. Um, now, here's the thing. As we move into everybody having to film it with proper cameras, can yeah. I suggest that we have a sort of range from somewhere between Surrey's old robot camera yes. and behind the head of somebody who's standing up in the crowd, yeah. Yeah. just a little bit higher than the person's head so we can see. I believe Whelan had his shot blocked, but somebody's massive head was in the way. I, well, well, two things, really. Obviously, Leicester without, you know, that's a situation where Crowder has a ball in his hands every single time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, every single time. And nobody on that team will have any reps in relation yeah. to that situation because you give the ball to Gene, and we've talked about it before, he makes the right decision, so he's not there. So they... Um, they got the so they got the ball probably to their, their hottest hand to their best player on the night, um, and he did what he was meant to do, which was drive hard to the basket. But Manchester did a really good job because and I can't tell you if it was a foul or not. I didn't think there was. But I didn't think it was a foul. I didn't, I didn't think it was. Um, but the, you know, McKnight did swing down on the ball, but he seemed to swing down right on the ball, as it were. Um, uh, and uh, Manchester did a really good job of, of packing the paint because when you know there's only five seconds left, and by the time he makes his move, there's maybe two, three seconds left. He can't be throwing the ball out to anybody else. Mm. You know, again, it's what I'm saying. The guy with the ball is most. You know, you've got to stop the guy with the ball first. Yeah. And the clock is your friend. The clock is your sixth defender. So he, if you know that he's going to be the guy who catches it, is most likely going to be going. Then you can make the wall in the paint, and they did. And um, you know, and, and that's not really the, to be honest, that's probably the one shot that Patrick Wheeling hasn't really shown, which is his floater. Mm. He's got the drive to the basket. He has a pull up jump shot. He's, he's been lights out from three. He's never really had to show a floater this year. Whereas Zach Jackson, mm. that was Zach Jackson. That's probably going in, mm. you know, but it's not quite Patrick Wheeling's shot. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was a win for Manchester, which was redolent of the fact that they've lost to them so many times and that their yeah. best player said that I'm not going to lose. Yeah. You know, that, that was the reality of it. And they had to crawl over the line to get there because Leicester don't give you anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they did crawl over the line and good for them. But, you know, Leicester will just chalk that one up and get on with it, I think. Yeah. Uh, Armstrong, uh, 24 points and six assists. Saunders, 17 and seven rebounds. McKnight and Anderson, both 12 apiece. Whelan had 25 and 11. Nelson Henry, 16, Lovin, 13, Mackenzie, 12. Uh, so Glasgow Rocks, 99. Plymouth City Patriots, uh, 87. And uh, they put this on Twitter, but with my setup, I had no chance of watching yeah. that while watching so i didn't see any of the first half i was well into the third quarter by the time i managed to get this game on what i did notice on the live stats is that gareth murray started the game yeah he was... did and Vance johnson's on the bench mm. um continuing the second half from friday night mm. um and that has to be right that's not because of, i don't like Vance johnson it's just because you know you know gareth murray is Guy, you, you don't want to have to guard. Yeah, yeah. When he plans to stretch four, he opens the court out. It does everything right for them, um, and it allows him just to concentrate on playing and not try and figure mm. out what his team's doing. You know, yeah, yeah. and then you know, figure that out later. Let the guys on the bench figure it out. You know, you, they need you as a player now. 
Um, so I, I had a look I, at the, so I saw a bit more of this in you, oh, did I you? Go on. second quarter, but I was I was flitting. Obviously, the Leicester Manchester game had my kind of first attention, and I was flitting on the dual screen and and um Glasgow was, I think, three or four minutes behind Leicester Manchester, which meant I could catch up with it a little bit before half time. Um very Glasgowy home game. Mm. Put it yeah, that way. yeah, yeah. Confident. Plymouth started out a little bit cool. Didn't really always didn't see the first quarter due to the um the, our our good friend from last year whose name mm. I've forgotten. The, the the one that came up on the screen every time we couldn't see a game. Oh, Connor is on there and uh no, there no, two, not, no, two the, the, the word, players. No, the word that came. No, yeah, that one, yes. There was Lewis Sears and Justin Gordon. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Your yeah. seat's been reserved. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who was it last year who was putting us off when, when we um I don't remember. So it was, it was a, there was a word that came up on the screen and it played defense against us. I can't remember who it was now. I forgot. Stream disconnected. Oh, Stream wait. Dis yeah. Cloud, cloud, cloud mix. Cloud mix. Cloud mix. Cloud mix. Cloud mix. Anyway, God, this has been going on a while. Um, so I didn't see that for the first, the first quarter. But then every time it was one of those games, Plymouth again, I think a little bit like Newcastle, but when Newcastle started off slow, I don't know how they got there, I don't know if they travelled them overnight or whatever. Um, and Plymouth tend to start off a little bit slow, kind of away from home in the last few games and kind of grow into the game. Um, but Glasgow just kind of make shots at home, you know? Mm. Yeah, um, they, they have a level of comfort at home. Even when they played very poorly, they're not being their offence, that's been their problem. And then um, Jordan Johnson was, you know, making shots and Plymouth, Plymouth are or a little Plymouth, I got the impression we're just a little bit comfortable, a little bit happy. Mm. Won a lot of games, you know, they've had their, their peak, and now you've got to take a couple of blows on the chin to yeah, yeah. get to where you need to get to. And I thought then I thought this was quite interesting because um obviously Rocks led by 10, Plymouth came back to one, seven at half time, they got out to 12 early in the third, and then the Patriots pulled them back. In that the Patriots have done that they've they've got behind in games and it's not bothered them they've just they've pulled back in so they've got that sort of confidence yeah. that they can can do it and well, and and they not, just didn't really here here's the thing this is something that they're gonna have to look at going forward right they're not starting their five best players no right I mean, at the moment you know Raul Graham Bell is comfortably um more impactful than um, Cameron King. Cameron King's playing like the first 10 minutes. And it's something PJ used to do at Worcester as well. When he was at Worcester, he played multiple times. He would, he would bring guys, there were times he would start players um, and he would play them for five minutes and that would be it. There's a lad called Khalil Irving he used to, used to bring, he used to start. And then he would bring in uh, Jamal Williams or there's a Lithuanian guy called Kazlowski. So you might remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. With his funny old shot, yeah. Set, yeah, set shot exactly. three. Set <laughs> shot three and never sodding miss. Um, but Paige has the habit of doing that because he likes to have that that kind of coming off the bench. But that you know, if they're going to keep starting slowly, then you know, Raul Graham had 20, like what 25 points in this game mm. in 27 minutes. So he's gonna have to have a think about that as to whether he has to start him. Um, and the other thing is, Williams is the guy who just wears you down. Mm. You know, he gets he gets into the he just constantly probes he doesn't stop he's got that size and he gets in the paint and basically it was the same as the game at Newcastle last week you know so Hassan gets more open as the game goes on because the defense is more focused on on Williams and Williams probes and gets in the lane and Hassan is there to pick things up and so that's why Plymouth continued to score and um, 
and with kind of the boost from Graham Bell as well, and to a certain degree, obviously he's got Simons coming off the bench now too. Um, we're able to stay in the game, but every time they stay, every time they got relatively close, Bunny made a three, or Johnson made a three, or Harris got a transition dunk, or Gareth made a three, or Jack Domney made a you know a post move or something like that, and they never really got close. There was at one point with three minutes to go where that Glasgow had a little wobble. Mm. It came down to six, and you were thinking, "Hang on, are they going to survive this?" And I think Boban made a move. Mm. I think he made a move in the post, and they got to eight. Yeah, or something like yeah, that. yeah. I think it was yeah. it an M one as well. Might have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of just did it, and and, and Plymouth just kind of kind of faded away there. And I mm. think they've you know they've expended a lot of emotion in Plymouth over yeah, the past yeah, few weeks. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, a lot of emotion, a lot of games, a lot of kind of they've got that first high of being a new team, basically. And now they're going to have that. Are they going to have to fight kind of the the BBL for real as it continues to kick on? Yeah, you can't quite live off that remotion. You've got to be ready for every game. They should have lost this. They should have lost at Newcastle last week. Yeah, um, not it's not their fault that they didn't. They did well. Yeah. To, they did well to get that game back. Yeah, but that was a game that they were down fifteen in the first half, and you know Newcastle really um, should have put away um, simply because Plymouth gave them a start. Yeah, um, and this time they gave Glasgow a start as well, and, and Glasgow did what they were meant to do, and they put the game away. So Johnson twenty, Jack Domley twenty, Hillsman eighteen, Harris eighteen, Murray ten. Um, yeah. I just realised I didn't put down the uh, uh, Plymouth uh, starters, and just as you said, uh, Simon's coming off the bench. I noticed that he didn't come off the bench today, so oh, I missed that. He? He, he, no, he wasn't. He wasn't playing. He wasn't there. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see him on the court. I was just yeah, thinking. Yeah. That. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I just sorry, so, so I'm just looking at their um, I'm just looking at the numbers there. Graham Bell was 23 points, 10 of 14, shooting six rebounds. Hassan 18, eight of 10. He keeps uh, uh, yeah, yeah. keeps plugging away like that. Hart had 15, and Williams had 13 points and 11 assists. So let me come back to where I can see you, and let's go to the last game, uh, which was a preview brackets kind of of yeah, the um, uh, of the uh, trophy final uh, and the reason that it was kind of was because there was no right no Reese no Washburn yeah, uh, Jordan yeah. Williams played uh, for the yeah. Lions we obviously haven't seen him for a long time it finished uh, Cheshire Phoenix 89 London Lions 97 the interesting thing um, uh, with Williams is obviously they've since signed Brian Martin yeah um, and I'd assumed that when they signed Martin, it was because Williams was injured oh. and wasn't wasn't going to come back. Um, and, and the reason I assume that is because I'm guessing there wasn't a Ryan Martin size hole in their salary cap um, uh, details. And obviously you can have two British players outside of the salary cap, but presumably they already had two British players outside. Now, obviously they've got no recent Washburn today, so they can play both of them yeah. together. But I just wonder going forward... How that well, all adds the, the, salary, the salary cap is somewhat opaque, isn't it? No, well, no. it is somewhat yeah. opaque, but uh, I don't think there was and, anybody um, who thought that a player who's played at the level that Ryan Martin has, that London were that far under the salary cap that they would just be able to squeeze him in. Would be my well, take. Yeah, know. yeah, that might be me, me indeed be right, but who knows? Um, that's a matter. <laughs> that's something we can't find out about disqualifications for three weeks. We're not going to yeah, find yeah, out yeah, about true, that true, until true, true. 2024. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing about Ryan Martin is, of course, he hasn't played for three years, so you know, yeah. so I don't know if necessarily 
um, you know, he's in he's in a prove yourself situation, yeah. as opposed to one where he can go in demanding the big bucks. Um, Jordan Williams didn't quite look right. He, he he did all the things that Jordan Williams normally does, but he didn't have the lift mm. that he's previously had. He got blocked by Kyle Carey. That's not happening if mm. Jordan Williams is healthy. Yeah. Um, but they probably wanted to throw him out there to see what he was like. Capable, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's got a cup final next week. You might need him, trophy final. Um, he, James gave um, Bradley Caboza some minutes. He played really yeah. well. Yeah, but he you know, he, showed, he looked like he belonged. Um you know, I don't imagine he'll play much next week, but he's certainly, um, you know, demonstrated that, you know, if you've got the right mentality and the right skill set, you can, and athleticism, most importantly, you can, mm. you can be there. He was a little bit, looked a little bit like a young kind of Ubiaro, Ubiaro mm. a couple of years ago mm. when he came on the scene. Um, so that was nice to see. Um, and Justin obviously led the team and and um, and made the plays that he needed to make. I kind of picked this game from the third quarter because of the other two games that were on. Um it was well, a, yeah. let, let's get there. Kelly had seven in a 10-2 run. He was good in the first half from what I saw, Kelly. And yeah. like you, this was third, third on Didn't the uh, uh on the screen sort of thing. Um so 38-29 they led. Nick's cut it to um two at half time, quickly got it to uh seven in the first half, and then um got back to 62-61. Uh and it was a pretty tight game from there. Yeah, it was, I mean, to be honest, the what I saw the first half was basically Cheshire not guarding Kajini. Mm. Um, and Kajini's just being Kajini, you know, bang, swish, swish. Yeah. He, you know, you know, people have that kind of music when they go to sleep. You know, mm. you know all the sounds. I think he must have grown up to like this baby kind of swishes when he was in his cot because he doesn't miss and he doesn't miss, he doesn't when he when he hits, he doesn't actually miss he doesn't hit the rim. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's he's just Pure, pure, pure shot. And they really didn't guard him. And it was nice to hear um, the old man on the um, microphone. James Hamilton, yeah, yeah, yeah. James Hamilton on the microphone, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who, after about the third, after about the fourth one, said, he, you might need to learn it. Mate. You might need to start locating Cugini. Yeah, told you that. But then again, I suppose Cheshire are thinking, well, if our players see him do that now, then they might know what to do next week. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the game went back and forwards. Um, Cheshire made shots. Teddy played really, really well. You know, maybe it was against London. He's a London lad. Again, he, you know, he's kind of he's scoring the ball far easier than than it's ever been for him. It's certainly been in this league for him. And if you look at his numbers abroad, probably abroad, you know, he's comfortable getting to his spots. He's comfortable finishing. Um, he plays at his own speed, but it doesn't impact his ability to get his shot off. And so he kind of kept them in it. But they were stretched. I mean, they had, they had you know, foul trouble. They had Bacali in the game a little bit. He hasn't played much. Carey played a lot more minutes and knocked down some shots, which is really, really what they're going to need from him going forwards. Um, but without Wright as well, and mm. you lose Wright and you lose Mockford, then, then it becomes... Austin has to be more of a normal player as opposed to kind of a spark plug. Yeah. And that kind of takes a bit away from them. Um, London, London did what they had to do and they closed the game out well at the end I thought yeah. they do have the advantage of the bodies now with Williams and Martin and Kelly even without Washburn the issue is probably going to be for them how they manage all those bodies when they're all healthy yeah yeah and they all play because someone's not going to play yeah and who's yeah. it going to be and I want Dirk on the court and I want Lorenzo Cuccini on the court if I'm, because if I'm going coaching against him I'm thinking I don't want those guys on the court mm. so are they going to be able to manage that with you know Washburn Martin Kelly and Jordan Williams 
Mm. Um, if Reese comes back, where will Robinson fit in? Um, you know, they've got a lot of people to kind of to kind of figure out because you know, with their roster, the only team beating them should be themselves. Mm. You know, mm. um, although they played this game like it mattered, which was good. Um, you know, because they could have just showed up. Um, Kelly in particular, you know, was, was ready for it. Sometimes that happens when you're a couple of players down, the other guys step up a bit more. And I thought Cheshire, I didn't know why Cheshire had Bradley out at the end. And if you get to the end, um, we had Bradley out for a long time and up until about a minute to go in the game. And I couldn't figure that out because you know, he's a guy I want on the court in a close game because he's, he has the capability of knocking down shots and he has the length to do that. Well, somebody with length who knocked down a shot was Kyla Kelly with two and a half minutes to go. Hit that a was three. a brutal shot for Cheshire. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a brutal shot. It was, I did a little gasp. Yeah, yeah. And that went in because I think they'd missed either just before or just after that. They'd missed him, but Kajini missed, Williams missed, Williams yeah. missed. It was just after it. that. It was, it was just after the that. The next play down, it. Cheshire missed two underneath that they should have scored. And then London had four misses on one possession. Yeah, and and as you say, it was all the three point shooters that were. That yeah, were and then the next time down, Dirk didn't miss, yeah. um, as you wouldn't expect, and yeah. um, that kind of blew that kind of just blew the game. I thought they needed Bradley in the game to match them, to be honest, uh, at that point, and they didn't have him in the game. But and then they had Dickerson go down. Yeah, he limp he limped off. Um, hopefully that's just a little impact thing and he's all right. Oh, yeah, from from was, the sounds of it, I, I didn't see it, but from the sounds of it, Neighbour must have limped out of the game earlier on. I think, it, yeah, it looked like it. I didn't see that either. Yeah. Um, Dickerson, he did, he did the whole kind of football thing, holding his knee, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. not rolling around, but kind of doing, which means you immediately think um, either he's, you know, his ACL or he's just banging knees with somebody. Yeah. Um. And you hope he's you hope he's just bang knees with somebody. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, because that can be extraordinarily painful. Um. But obviously, they, they really need him. Mm. Um. They need him in small bursts. I think that's mm. probably what I, would, what I would say about him. Yeah, yeah. Need, yeah. They need Otto but they need what he give what he can bring them if he's able to because he does change shots. He does block shots. He can finish at the rim. He's just a little bit flaky for my liking. You never quite know what you're gonna get. So you mentioned that Dirk three, that was with 105 to go. It was 85, uh, 91. Teddy then misses a layup at the other end. Martin comes back with an M1 and Lions and uh, end up winning uh, more comfortably than it looked like it was going to be with uh, two, two and a half minutes to go. Um, yeah. Carey, four of six for three, 22 points and, and six. Um, I've got six here. I think it's assists. Um, could be that's rebounds. probably why he was in the game at the end and Bradley yeah. wasn't. And yeah, that's yeah. That, so it saves you right for not watching the whole game for us. There you go. Yeah. Um, Okarafel with 22 and nine, Bradley with 14. Kyla Kelly, nine of 10 for 20 points, most of that in the first half. Seven rebounds, four assists. Kajini, 19 and five. Uh, Robinson, 19. Jordan Williams played 13 and a half minutes, had two points. Um, so that's let's big question for them is with whether Reese plays next week. Yeah, it. it didn't really sound like he was going to from their injury report earlier in the week. No, no, but you know, they, but then they, it didn't sound think, like Jordan Williams would either, and he no. played today, so who knows? And I think twenty had six is thirty six, so I'm he, not. Probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's wait and see. It's cup final. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so um, let's have a quick squiz at the table on the way out. Leicester top sixteen and two. Manchester good weekend for them. They're back up to. Second, 11 and 8. Sheffield uh, dropped to third, 10 and 8. Cheshire 
10 and 11 in fourth. Lions, three losses back of Leicester, four games uh, less they've played. They are nine and five. Plymouth, nine and 12, have played seven games more than London and are on the same points. Um, Bristol, eight and seven. Uh, so above 500, which not all of the teams above them are. Uh, and Newcastle now eight and 10. And Glasgow with that win moved to six and 12. So they've closed the gap a little bit, but they played the same number of games as Newcastle and eighth and more than uh, some of the other teams above them. And then Surrey two and 14 now. Yeah. Good luck picking the bones out of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Um, yeah. It needs a couple more weeks to shake out. It's still not satisfactory that we've got Plymouth up in Cheshire. On a Tuesday night, I know it's because of the Pavilions. I know they haven't got the court, yeah, and I yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not blaming anybody. No, but it, you know, it's where our league needs to needs to get better if it can. And it's not necessarily that. It's not. It's not necessarily it can. Is that to the two teams that have played the most games are playing on a Tuesday night? Yeah, you know, in the in the middle of March. Yeah. Um. Whereas there's other, you know, other teams like Bristol are going to be playing ten games in. You know, in in, in three weeks in April, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, I never liked it. I always thought that our the way that the the, the, the the league ran itself led to kind of these fixture pileups and we were at the wrong end of it a few times when we got to the trophy final the cup final it becomes an absolute slog mm. you know um and you know it's it, it's kind of unique to, to our league it's yeah one unique thing for the league to, I think to, one of the things compared to anything else it is in that in that most leagues you look at around uh, Europe certainly they they all play one game at a weekend yeah. and that's it and it, but it's every weekend um and and obviously they probably uh well not probably they do have better access to whatever venue they're playing than right. than the bbl teams right. do so my thing is not so much uh, I, I completely agree with you about bristol and plymouth but again the pavilions is not it's, an easy place to, case, yeah it's, yeah it's not an easy place for them to get hold of and if they can get a new venue for next season i'm sure they'll have a much even more even um season yeah. um my thing is I, I never mind when it's like oh they've played they've got two games in hand or they've got yeah. you, you, one that sort of thing and i look at down and you've got leicester manchester sheffield uh newcastle glasgow surrey all within sort of two two games of each other it's the extremes of yeah. cheshire at 21 you know if you look at five six seven in the table cheshire are 21 games london 15 uh, 14 games and plymouth are 21 games and i suppose yeah. it's if we could flatten that out somewhere, it would. It, I think it would make it better. And uh, uh, again, I suppose it's about when do you start the season versus, you know, if you've got a date at the O2 at that, can you extend the other way and just have a couple extra weeks at the beginning? I, think, I always had the impression that there was far more pressure on teams are far more interested in, in, in how many months there were in a season yeah but also not not playing the games there was never any pressure in relation to yeah, playing yeah. Games. yeah yeah you know the yeah, games yeah. always get rescheduled but it gets kind of put off yeah. and figured out and all of that stuff and so you end up with you know teams having a couple of weeks off at times yeah. earlier yeah. in the season and you know Manchester just come off three weeks off you know yeah. and it's a brutal thing to do it's not hard it's not easy at all I get I have every sympathy for the, the people who do the schedules or offer um off of the club owners who've tried to find the dates. Yeah, yeah. Because and, game... and the other thing that people won't realise because they don't really look at the fixtures in the whole, but as somebody who keeps the fixtures, there are a ton of fixture changes. Tons yeah, and absolutely. tons. 
of fixture changes. And, and there's almost no point in the season up until now where I thought for a minute, I, I think now this week, we've now got every game scheduled. I think yeah, yeah. need to and double check that. But, but up until now, they weren't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I, I know because, and what other people, well, the other thing that isn't necessarily appreciated is that you know, it's very important for clubs to be able to maximise their earnings on these games. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, so you can't, um, so Newcastle want to play their games on a Friday night because that's when that's when they're able to get 3,000 yeah, people in. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And you can say, oh, well, why didn't they play? They, they could play, they've got a week off, they could play an all game on a Sunday, but they're playing against team for Friday. Well, that might cost them thousands of pounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and ultimately, we can't be um, unaware, or we, we can't be. Um, unwilling you can't ignore to, the facts of the situation. Yeah, the people have to get paid. You know, everyone yeah. wants everyone to create an economy. Everyone wants the players to get paid more. All the players, everyone's supposed to be to think be more professional, etc. Well, in that case, you got to get the bodies on the seats, and if you get yeah, the bodies yeah. on the seats at certain times, so that's Cheshire on a Friday, or Cheshire on a Sunday, Sunday. Or Newcastle on a Friday. Um, whatever, uh, and um, that does give a limited kind of room for maneuvering relation to fixtures. But as you say, you know, 14 games, 21 games is not good for this no, kind of season. No, it's not no, good, no. Um, and some of that is London with their Europe, and then they had that COVID thing where they cancelled a few games, and, uh, and yeah, get, I get, I get, that, I get that. that, but but well, anyway. Yeah, we've, we're, we're bumped. We'll, we'll have this same conversation in March next year as well. Yeah. So, so let's leave it. Leave Is anyone it still listening? Yeah. Um, so, so next weekend we will not be on Sunday because I will probably be somewhere on the M6 at this point in time on my way back from the uh, on the from the trophy final. So, Dave and I, we can will... make it all the way to Scotland this time. Yeah. 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 Well, indeed. No, that's the week after. Um, the um, Dave and I will have a chat and work out when we're going to do, but it'll probably be Monday or Tuesday uh, next week. But look out in all the usual spots wherever you wherever you listen or watch uh, this, and we'll be back next week at some point, but not Sunday night. But for now, have a great week, and we'll see you after the trophy final. Goodbye. Thank you.